What's up, heroes, and welcome to episode 101 of the Producer Life podcast. After my incredible interview with Alex Holmes in episode 100, I took a short breather because I have got a lot going on here. First, I gave a talk on electronic music production at Momocon, which is this awesome, geeky, sci-fi fantasy convention with like 40,000 people here in Atlanta. Uh, And that talk went really well. had a lot of people interested, and it just went really smoothly. Uh, Unfortunately, I was also supposed to be DJing their flow jam, but so many people were interested that the room couldn't handle it, so they wound up canceling last minute. Um, On the bright side, I got booked at Stillfire Brewery for every Friday in June. Uh, So if you happen to be around Suwannee, Georgia, come check me out every Friday at 9.30 p.m. in June. Now, if you're a mobile DJ, that booking came out of a free posting on gigsalad.com. So I've been on there for about two years, haven't had a whole lot come up, but this was really a slam dunk, and it doesn't take long to set up a profile. So I would encourage you, if you've got your own gear, spend that five minutes and uh, set up a profile on gigsalad.com. I'll have a link in the show notes page to my profile if you want to see what worked for me. Again, it took a while, but my niche is pretty specialized. I'm also trying to find time to work on new music, and I've got several tracks in the works for you guys, uh, but I just also downloaded the stems for Julian Gray's Revolver Remix competition. Uh, Julian Gray was an episode back in, was a guest back in episode 50 of the podcast. If you want to go back and check that out, he makes so-called progresso music, sort of progressive house uh, with a spin. Uh, if you want to jump in on that that competition, I'll have links on the show notes page at producerlifepodcast.com. Look for episode 101. I really like the Revolver track, especially the vocal. It's gorgeous. And the other thing I really like about this competition, and I always look for this in, in uh, remix competitions that I enter, is that it specifically allows you to post your tracks afterwards to YouTube and SoundCloud. So Regardless of how the the competition turns out, whether you win or lose, doesn't matter because you've still got something to show for the efforts that you can use and you can share with your followers. So that remix competition has to be submitted by July 2nd, uh, but it sounds like a good one. Now, on top of all that, I'm also helping to promote the Bass Battleground, this amazing online DJ competition spanning the next six months and produced by Emerald Summers Presents, this Atlanta-based promoter. That brings me to to today's episode, and really to the next six months of episode, where I'll be featuring two contestants before each battle, which is going to happen every other Sunday. Because of that, I'm going to shift the podcast release schedule to Saturdays instead of Mondays, so you get to hear the story behind the DJs. And today, we're going to start off with Raiden Rock, who is introducing the bass battle competition and explaining how it came about, and we're also going to hear from the two contestants, Kid Kong and Skeletrek. But first, cue the intro music. This is the Producer Life Podcast with your host, the House Ninja. Bringing you actionable ideas to improve your music and get it heard. What's up, heroes? I'm the House Ninja, superhero DJ and music producer, and also the host of the Producer Life Podcast. Today, I'm going to introduce Raiden Rock, an Atlanta-based DJ and bass producer uh, who is also the originator of the Bass Battleground competition, which starts this Sunday. And he's agreed to join us and tell us a little bit about the competition. Raiden Rock. 
the competition is a streaming based uh, competition where uh, DJs will go head to head for our sets uh, to determine who the better DJ is, whether that's showmanship, song selection, and just your overall vibe. Okay, and and uh, so you're going to look look at a lot of different factors. Are there mm-hmm. judges, or how are how does this competition evaluated? Um, we felt it was best to have fans vote. Uh, that way we can, you know, eliminate anyone having any bias. I mean, if you bring more fans to the stream, like that's to your benefit, but ultimately like you're going head to head with someone else. So other people may be impressed by the other person. Uh, so we thought voting, uh, fan voting, uh, would be the easiest way to have a balance to that. And um, throughout each stream, we will be sharing voting links uh, in the chat. And then um, at the conclusion of the stream every other Sunday, uh, voting will be open 24 hours thereafter. Um, and if you miss the stream, the they will be recorded and posted to Twitch. So you can still go and view them if you missed it. Okay, that's fantastic. And is there a particular type of music or DJ that you guys, that people should expect to see or... Um, you got on the roster. I mean, all different kinds of uh, genres of EDM, really. Like, uh, like I do wonky, du- wonky dubstep. We got other people doing deep dub. We got a few DMB artists. We got a couple rhythm artists, um, and a couple people that do a little bit of everything. So you can expect any and every electronic genre to be shown here. Okay, that sounds like a lot of fun, and I can't wait for the first uh, first one to kick off this Sunday at what time? Uh, 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern on Emerald Summer's Twitch channel. Emerald Summer's Twitch channel. All right, awesome. And I, I guess one of the things I'm curious about, this is a pretty unique competition. How did you come up with the idea for this? Um, So, like, at the beginning of the year, I was getting booked for a lot of solo sets, and I hadn't done an official B2B with anyone. Like, sure, I had a couple people over, and, you know, we would mess around on the decks just, you know, having fun, but... I wanted something more for myself and B2Bs are a way f- to challenge yourself to blend your style with the other person. And with Emerald Summers, um, they started doing versus battles uh, between artists like such as Knarf Knarf going up against Frisbee or uh, T Spackle going up against Knarf Knarf and Alanya thrown in there. Like the versus idea kind of stuck in my head and I'd always been a big fan of Eight Mile, and that last battle scene between B Rabbit and Papa Doc is probably one of the most iconic scenes for me. Just because every time I watch it, I get goosebumps and I get zoned into that, and I've seen it a million times. And I wanted to somehow replicate that, but with the electronic dance music genres. Um, and so originally, I wanted it all to be in person and have the crowd vote like having the crowd in eight mile just cheer for whoever won um and ultimately that was going to be too tall of a task at least right now for this first time doing it so um dirty lux and other people emerald summers proposed that we put it on twitch and stream um everything leading up to the championship round which will be held in person live and we'll have the audience cheer for artist a or artist b um and i wanted it to be a way for people to showcase their diversity as well because 
with each advancing round, you cannot play any of the same songs unless it's a different edit or remix. And being around Emerald Summers and getting booked a lot, I noticed, including myself, there were a lot of recycled songs. And yes, I'm rooting for my peers. I'm rooting for my friends. And they are ultimately entertaining the audience, which all of that's great. But me being a fellow artist, not that I got bored, but I wanted to see something different, just being around the same people all the time. And you've heard stories about Subtronics, for example, like on his tours, like there's people that go city to city following him around and they say his sets city to city are different. And even regions of this country, like there are certain subgenres that are more popular than others and you have to cater to that. But going around Atlanta and seeing the same people play the same vibes, it does get kind of redundant and monotonous. So uh, that was a challenge to myself and to everyone else in this competition to keep pushing themselves to see what they can really, you know, crank out and break through a wall. And ultimately, it's going to make you a better DJ. Yeah, and also challenge everybody's streaming abilities, because I know not everybody that's on this, some of the people that are in the competition have hundreds of Twitch followers and have been doing this for a long time and others are mm-hmm. kind of new to it. So it's going to challenge them technically too. I, I expect yeah. you're going to see some interesting setups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, part of the fan voting is the vibe. So whether you're in your room or your office or wherever you choose to cast from, like you have to set that up. You have to show these people who don't know who you are, what you're about. And so it, it, it allows you to be more creative than just saying like, oh, I got a new song out next week. I got a new mix out. Oh, I got a show coming up at whatever venue. This is all your own curated stuff. And all of our favorite artists, the best events are the curated ones. It's not all the tour stuff. It's like, oh, this once a year annual thing. And you as an artist in this competition have the ability to just and the creative freedom to set all that up. And I think that's ultimately where this EDM community is going is we're tired of the same club BS. We want unique events, which is why Def is just blowing up right now with their vibes. It's going back to the underground with simplicity instead of all the big flashy screens and yada, 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 like, oh, eye candy. Like, no, we're here for the music and for the people. And that's what this is about. Okay. That's, that's awesome. What, um, you tossed out a couple of terms and I don't want to assume that everybody that's listening to this knows the difference. Uh, you talked about B2B versus and a versus battle. What's the right. distinction between the two of those? So a B2B is <clears throat> you and another DJ just, you know, playing a couple songs and taking turns like passing the decks and whatever versus it's more centered and focused on what songs you play to get the crowd moving. Like it is at the same time, a collaborative effort, like a B2B would be, but a versus is like, all right, like who has the better swagger? Like who is coming out here at these tunes? Like, you know, throttling the BPM up and down, like throwing these curveballs. like as a DJ, like you have to be able to uh, acclimate to that. You have to be able to adapt. Um, and that's anywhere from that or, you know, sometimes your cue points don't load. Sometimes you get to a venue and something on those decks is messed up and you have to improvise. It's, it's going to make you better. It's frustrating, but you need to break through those walls. 
Yeah. So versus is much more um, confrontational and competitive, where back to back is more cooperative. Right. Yeah. And in the, the versus part of it is is that eight mile aura. Like you're head to head. Like yeah, you both can rap. You both can DJ. Like who's better? And competition breeds improvement. And we're not out here to like brag about like who's better at this or that. Like, no, we're here to improve ourselves as artists. Okay. Um, talking about improving, I, I understand this is kind of a major um, challenge coordinating this because you've got 16 different DJs, you've got support staff, you've got an event venue you need to coordinate at the end, you've got the technical pieces of the Twitch streaming, you've got to get mm-hmm. everybody's artist profiles and, and all this stuff together. Talk to me a little bit about um, sort of some of the back end challenges and, and what it's been like coordinating this. What have you learned so far? Um, I learned that a lot of people are busy, <laughs> including myself, and I'm glad I'm able to take this time uh, between film jobs to help facilitate and coordinate a lot of this. And even getting booked at venues, like sometimes it's a hassle for them to pump out a flyer with your name on it. And I'm finding like some of the stuff I'm doing is better than how some of these venues and promoters handle themselves and their artists. It's it's kind of insane that there's this lackadaisical, this lackadaisical effort on their part to book the event. And so I've been busting my ass to go through and make sure all my I's are dotted, all my T's are crossed. And there's stuff that I'm glad I can delegate to other people who have more knowledge in certain areas than I do. Like, I don't know anything about Twitch, really. Like, I know the basics. People know how to do that. People know how to do the flyers. People have time to do the flyers. Like, it, it, it definitely is a collaborative effort. And I'm glad that people are helping out with that to help this dream come to fruition. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting to see how this uh, how this all comes together in, in six months. And so the schedule is every other Sunday, correct? Correct. Every other Sunday starting this Sunday, June 12th. Um, and it's going to be a range of times. Just like we had to have a window of 3 to 9 p.m. Eastern to help accommodate us in Atlanta, for example, or people on Pacific time. And we have a person that's participating from Canada. Like we, we needed to have a window that's available for everyone. And Sunday was the easiest day uh, where most people have it off. And it, it, that was just the easiest way to do it okay. as far as Makes getting sense. everyone together. Yeah. So subscribe to the Emerald Summers Presents Twitch channel and watch for the announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, where can Where can people now? Obviously, you are. Uh, the originator and you're one of the lead coordinators of this, but you're also going to be performing, uh, performing in, uh, against others in the competition. And yeah. uh, um, I'm looking forward to doing sort of a separate interview with you about your music and about your um, uh, Raiden Rock brand. But, but briefly, uh, as long as we got you on here, tell us where people can find you and quickly what Raiden Rock is all about. <laughs> Um, well, people can find me, um, on Instagram is on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Raiden rock underscore music, uh, on both of those pages, uh, you'll find my flow page in my, uh, bio. It's like a link tree for those that don't know. Um, all my links are there as far as what the Raiden rock brand is about. Um, I mean, really my whole idea and inspiration for it was just to create 
a space for uh, listeners to escape because that's the reason why I go out to shows and festivals and clubs. And it's definitely a grounding exercise and very therapeutic. Um, and it doesn't matter the genre to me. Obviously, I favor some more than others. Um, but it, it's ultimately to create a space for people to escape for a brief moment from their real lives. Like there is a lot of other stuff going on in the world. And when I go to a show, like I just want to forget about it all and just be in that space. So my ultimate goal is to create a space where you are encapsulated in this, whatever emotion the song brings and it's stringing together all of these songs to create a vibe. I'm not big on freestyling like booked sets. Like I am big on planning it. And people can talk smack about that all they want. Like, I don't care. You can be the best freestyling DJ in the world. But like, great. If you know, you if you know your music well enough to create a vibe doing that. Awesome. But I practice in on end to make sure that I get a vibe out there. And every person in that audience could receive it differently. Like, I'm not telling you which direction to go. I'm just giving you the keys to take your mind wherever it is it needs to be. Um, and so if I've done that and I've made you feel a certain way or realize something about yourself, like through this music, then I've succeeded. Aside from the, the carefully curated set of music, what would you say is what else goes into creating that sort of experience that people are looking for? Um, like as far as what, like song selection? Uh, well, aside from the song selection, what else? Mm. Um, what else do you look for as you're trying to build that experience for your your fans and your listeners? Um, I try to build it in waves or chapters, sort of like a book or scenes in a movie, for instance. Um, and it's different every time. Like sometimes it's a cold opening where it's this slow build up, and then it just ramps. Other times it's hot off the get, drop way down and then sort of vibrate for a bit, then ramp back up and sometimes level out at the end. Like it doesn't always have to be hype. It doesn't always have to be thick, wubby, deep dub stuff. It could be anything. And it it, it depends on the lineup. It depends on the venue. Uh, I've been to most of them around town and I understand the vibes that each give you. And so I'm sure the audience knows that as well. Like there's certain people that go to certain clubs that expect a certain thing. And it's not that I'm feeding into expectations, but they go there with a certain thing in mind and you have to deliver that, but put your own sauce on it. Yeah, absolutely. How would you say that? <laughs> how is, how is that going to translate in, um, in the base battleground in terms of, uh, you know, bringing an experience to the listeners over Twitch is, is it um, not just you, but the, the DJs, what do you think of the main challenges as they try to bring that, that vibe to a digital environment? Uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it, 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 it's going to depend on who I'm going against. And I think other people should take into that. Like if you're going up against someone that has a certain vibe, like, you you have to show you have to show yours as well and if you want to dabble into a little bit of what they're doing just to be like oh yeah like i got you on that too like go for it like that's what makes this interesting like i am not a house dj 
and you've seen a little snippet of like my house selection. So it's like if I'm going up against you or another house DJ, like I'm going to throw some of that in there just to say like, hey, like I respect this. This is what I got in it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, this is this is going to be amazing and fun and uh, kicks off this Sunday at 3 p.m. on Emerald Summers Presents on Twitch. And uh, Raiden Rock, I really appreciate your time today and, and uh, introducing everybody to the the, the uh, base battleground. And I'm looking forward to having you back on the show uh, at some point before your actual set where you can go into a little more detail about uh, your process and your DJing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Have a great day. All right. And our first contestant is Kid Kong. She's a classically trained musician who became a multi-format DJ. She lives in Atlanta and she is also the director of artist relations at Twisted Kingdom, which is an event promotions company. So uh, welcome, Kid, to the to the uh, show. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. I, I really appreciate you guys having me. Well, we're glad you're here. And uh, I, I'm wondering, Kid Kong, is there an interesting story behind that name? How'd you come up with that that branding? <laughs> well, I, I would say um, throughout my whole life, I've been really interested in monkeys. I've always really loved monkeys. Even when I was younger, I did a full study on the Mona monkeys actually at the Atlanta Zoo. Um, but fully, uh, my name is Sydney. My first name is Sydney. Um, and a lot of people call me Sid. And of course, when it comes to Sid, a lot of people like to be like, Sid the kid, Sid the kid. And um, my senior year actually ran for senior class president. And my tagline was, uh, don't kid vote for Sid. And uh, of course, in each of these ways, I always kept kids spelled with the K-Y-D because my name is spelled S-Y-D. And, um, and so a lot of people called me Sid the Kid for a, a lot of, a, a, a many years. And um, so when it came to me choosing a, an artist name, a moniker, I was like, you know, I really do love monkeys. Um, but also I, I like like filthy, heavy bass music too. So like I needed something a little bit more than like you know, Sid the Kid, like, it's just a little too cute, I feel. Um, and so I added Kong to it um, in in thought that, uh, you know, some of my, my music is um, kind of, uh, uh, you know, nostalgic or juvenile type sound, sounds, and then other music is much heavier. And, uh, and so I felt like marrying those two things together along with the monkey theme, it just kind of worked with Kid Kong. So that's how it came about. That's awesome. <laughs> and I, I've looked at some of your social media and you, you really play up to that profile with, you know, welcome to the jungle. And yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's, that's really cool. Thank uh, you. Thank so you. Tell me a little bit about your musical background. You you list yourself as classically trained. Classically yes. trained in what? Oh goodness. Okay, so my my primary instrument, which I started when I was about ten or eleven years old, um, alto saxophone uh, was the first instrument that I picked up. Uh, my my dad, he is an instrumentalist, or he used to be an instrumentalist. He uh, he used to play uh, trumpet. My mom used to play piano and trombone, and my, my dad sings a lot. And so I was really, really interested in jazz uh, with my upbringing, and that's how I kind of landed on alto saxophone. But as I got older, I really started um, 
learning a lot of different instruments. Some of them are hobby instruments, but some of them are, um, you know, I, I went and took lessons and things like that. So I have uh, different levels of proficiency for different instruments, but I'm clocking in at around 10 instruments that I do uh, play. And um, yeah, I, I went to uh, school for music education. I'm in school currently for music production. Um, yeah, uh, I, I was a teacher, a student teacher over at um, Rockdale County High School for a while. Uh, I composed for them for the, I, I brought a, a group together called Pop Band where the kids could play like popular music rather than just symphonic music. And um, yeah, like uh, I, I definitely spent most of my, well, I guess all of my teenage years in symphonies and orchestras. Um, I was hired for um, pit orchestras uh, around Georgia and um, yeah, uh, moving from, like, like I said, alto saxophone to more of my hobby instruments, like uh, guitar was, was a, a hobby instrument. Um, honestly, it was more of like a, oh, I'm in high school and people don't gather around for pulling out a saxophone. So let me learn more of <laughs> a fun instrument. And so I started learning guitar. And then I got to a point where I was playing guitar in orchestra also. Also, So I, I really do enjoy just like picking up just different instruments. Um, it's just really, really fun for me. But yeah, like, uh, that's the background that I have. Until I hit maybe around 20, I went to my first rave. And electronic music just took me by storm. Like, it was just unbelievable to me. It really, like, rocked my, my brain. And, I mean, the from those who are extremely musical and harmonic and, you know, like, it, it's not just a matter of, oh, it's, ooh, uppity, classically trained versus like, ooh, like filthy, like, you know, rave music. Like, I, I just found so much beauty in the composition of electronic music. And I realized like, this is something that I would really love to be involved in. And as I started learning more about it, I just, I, I this is definitely something I want to do for the rest of my life. And so... I I definitely hope to bring in my instruments, my classical training, like classical training, into um, more of my electronic music world. But yeah, that's where I came from, and um, I'm excited to see where I go with it. That's awesome. So it it's really the classical instruments, and then you've gotten into music production, and and now you're really starting off DJing. Is that right? Is that I used to compose within Sibelius uh, with sheet music. And then I had to, um, you know, with the transition into electronic music and production, uh, learning a lot more about the um, digital audio workstations and things like that. It's a, it's an interesting realm because it, it is, I would say, like when you're writing for individuals, you know, you write the notes, but you do not write the musicality. So you write the notes, you, you hand it off to a musician and you speak to them and you explain to them how you interpreted things. And it's kind of a collaboration in that, in that effort where they're interpreting your notes. And then when it comes to production, I feel like the type A in me is satisfied because I have control over 
every little aspect but i do like uh i still do like to collab collaborate with other um artists and things but yes awesome yeah. awesome do you um do you have aspirations of i think you said you wanted to incorporate some of your instruments into your DJing one day. Have you, have you seen like Timmy trumpet perform? Yes. Yes, I have. Uh, I love Timmy trumpet, Grizz, big gigantic, uh, grammatic, all of these artists. I would say that even my first experience, uh, like I said, my first rave was around 19, 20 years old. And, um, uh, I, one of the first acts I saw was fire, uh, F Y E R. And that's, um, uh, Gabriel and Bobby Duke, which is Bo Bobby Duke is uh, uh, Skrillex's older brother. This was my first experience with rave music at all. And um, and they were playing like Bobby Duke plays drums live and Gabriel plays uh, guitar and piano live incorporating it with this electronic um, uh, elements. And and I, I was really blown away and I was like, yeah, like this is very, very interesting. I, I definitely want to go in that realm. I would say I definitely want to use my alto saxophone, but whenever I say my saxophone, people automatically assume jazzier things, like I said, like uh, Haywire or, or um, uh, Grammatic or, or Grizz, things like just a bit jazzier. I think I definitely want to go in more of a distorted route. So we'll see where, where it lands. Um, I do have a lot of weird background influences, so we'll just see, see how this cultivates. Okay. I hope well, to um, actually use my sax maybe in the future of this uh, base battleground. So I hope to get past the first round to show you guys some of this instrumental work. Okay, well that that uh, that's a nice segue. Um, so, what what should your fans and followers expect out of your first round at Base Battleground? What are you What are you thinking round? about playing? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the first round, I have some interesting things. I I always love to do um, a multi genre set. Uh, I don't like to stick within one realm. I I love for it to be a journey. Um, Coming off of a really filthy house set, I'm going to be um, closing for Abstract uh, on Saturday. So I guess in the time of people seeing this, uh, it will have already happened. But uh, so coming off of a filthy, filthy house set, I I surely will be doing. A, I mean, my my base of my structures of sets are usually base house. But I do like to throw in some ass-shaking music. I love to get people dancing, um, some amazing edits and flips. Uh, love to bring in some uh, so just crowd-pleasing type stuff. But um, we're going to see some chopping maybe from uh, Kid Kong this time. Uh, I was really influenced by uh, – we had a B2B2B with uh, – T Spackle and Raiden Rock and um and it was really really fun and those rhythm experimental bass heads got me going in this chopping realm so I hope to uh to to show some chopping I do like to uh throw in a little scratching so look out Skeletrek I gotta say <laughs> <laughs> awesome uh and and I think one of the things that uh everybody's gonna have to watch out for I think you are one of the most experienced Twitch streamers you've got Ooh. uh 430 some odd uh followers on Twitch and that doesn't happen just out of nowhere um 
talk to me about your your experience and, and what you've done to build that Twitch audience. Oh, thank you so much for noticing. I, I really appreciate it. It it has been a journey. Um, I just hit two years. Um, I started right when the pandemic hit. And so I I mean, obviously I, I just started my DJ career maybe about three months before the pan- pandemic hit. And I had two in-person gigs under my belt. I would say I had one gig was on a farm <laughs> and then the other gig was at crazy Atlanta. And I was so thankful for it. And I, I was like, Oh my gosh, that this is, this is so cool. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, okay, so there's no live gigs. Let me see how I can still like learn because I, I just started. So I needed something consistent to kind of keep working on my skills. and. Um, I started off with a, a segment called Wild Wednesday, um, wild spelled with a Y <laughs> as kids. <laughs> and it was really, really interesting. We started off uh, no direct audio. <laughs> it was almost like the, the sound was almost like a friend uh, ten, ten, like a hundred feet away, like with their phone and, and I'm yelling, thank you guys so much for tuning in. <laughs> and um, it was so, so raw. And I, I would say with myself and my, my brand manager, my graphic designer, uh, Cody Cases, uh, they really, really upped my production ability for um, uh, Twitch streams. They helped me with my overlays and my emo emotes, but the, the, culture of Twitch was definitely something different for me. I was not already a, a Twitch person, a, a, a person who uh, watched a lot of different Twitch streams. And so get, diving into the world of Twitch and learning the culture of like, like, uh, just because it was also at the beginning of my DJ career. So I was learning about uh, not only Twitch terminology, but also DJ terminology. So I remember the first time that somebody was like, big ups, big ups. And I was like, is this, is this Twitch or is this DJing? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, like, it's very, very interesting. The people are like, because it's from all over the world and all different times, like it doesn't really matter what time you stream because you can get people from anywhere who are just interested in what you do. And um, to connect with people on that level, it almost feels like old, like AOL chat room style, like melded with uh, like YouTube. So it's like those two things put together, it feels a little bit kind of quiet and private, almost like Tumblr, but not in those in those strict words. and so I've met a lot of really amazing DJs across the United States um, uh, just from t- streaming on Twitch. I've, I've, I've been a part of many different raid trains uh, where you go from one channel to the next and you just kind of move everybody who's in that chat room to the very next uh, room and they meet people. And it's just I've I've. I've traded tunes across the country like it's an unbelievable experience to have um this this music world that is rooted in the internet and 
it's almost like I would say, because I'm not a gamer. I mean, like, I'm not one a, a gamer who spends a whole bunch of time online and people, you know, they've depicted uh, meeting friends online and having these friendships for years with only gaming online. And it's, it, I feel that way with the people who could consistently tune into my streams. I mean, it really is a family and, um, I hate that though. Like it's almost like, oh, Applebee is like, we're a family. Like, but really it, it feels like such a community. And I feel that love of like, I mean, you could be doing anything, but you've chosen to spend your time with me talking about who knows what from sound design to my favorite DJs to, I mean, I, I've, I've created a lot of different segments at this point and it all started with wild Wednesday. And now I stream Monday through Friday from gaming to deep dives. And it, it's a really amazing thing. And, and I, I, it's kind of crazy for you. Like, oh yeah. You're one of the most experienced Twitch streamers. And it's like, like I, it feels like it's been months, but it it really it, I, I just hit two years. It's so mind blowing. I I hope to keep it going, and I I really do love the people that I call my my kindergarten. Um, it, it's just the they they're just so supportive, and and it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. And I, I, I know you've got a stream coming up soon and you've got a hard stop time, so I don't want to hold you too long, but I did want to ask you about one more thing. I know you've got your first festival booking coming up at uh, Spaced Out Music Festival yes. down in Florida. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, <sighs> very briefly, how did that how did that come about? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I had been I've been working hard to try to get different bookings. I've been reaching out and I I realized that I didn't want to stay so, so centered in Atlanta. I do love Atlanta and I always have just I mean, this is where I, I grew up. I mean, like I wasn't technically born here. I'm a, a military brat, but uh, I you know, I, I love Atlanta, but I wanted to go more regional. You know, you're always looking for the next step. And so um, I reached, I, I talked to a couple of different people. I would say Pandemonium is a, a friend of mine uh, and who's a friend of the Strange Star, uh, Stars Collective, which is also like Rachnid and um, Alonial and all those, the, those different artists. They're a part of that group, group too. And uh, I went out of state to South Carolina to actually do a B2B with, uh, with Pandemonium at uh, the Purple Buffalo. And we had a really, really great time. And I just, it was more out of state gigs. Like I was just kind of wondering like, how is it in other states and other cities? And um, after hitting up that area in South Carolina, I started reaching out to different states, North Carolina, Tennessee, things like that. And I guess with uh, me talking to different people, uh, Alex Bemore, uh, Barmore of Bemore Entertainment reached out to me for Spaced Out Music Festival. Um, and I'm really excited because it's going to be on Daytona Beach and it's the 4th of July weekend. And oh so it's supposed to be a lot of different stages because I've been to many music festivals, but not many music and art festivals with like 
art installations and seminars and um, just like different collectives and things. And so I'm really excited to see how this works. It's a very unique uh, experience. Um, and there should be a lot of different um, uh, vendors there. I know that they're doing like a disc golf tournament on the beach and uh, they're doing, of course, an NFT gallery. We're in 2022. We're in the future. So, uh, yeah, like it, it is an interesting gig and I'm, I'm really, really excited for this. I, I hope to keep pushing for more festivals. Uh, but yeah, this will be one of the biggest stages that I've uh, I've played on. So I'm really I'm really excited for this. <laughs> yeah, congratulations again, and and good luck this Sunday. I'll be watching. And um, where where can people find you online? Oh, you can find me on most platforms with my handle Kid Kong. That's K Y D K O N G. Um, but you can also check out my website, which is Animal Kingdom, and you just uh. Just replace the eyes with wise <laughs> animalkingdom.com. And um, all of my, my social media are on there. You can even contact me through there. So, yeah. Okay. Well, perfect. Good luck this Sunday. And uh, uh, thanks again for your time, kid. Thank you so much, House Ninja. I really appreciate it. All right. And Kid Kong is going to be going up head to head against Skeletrek, a DNB and Deep Break DJ and producer, also from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Skeletrek, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? How's everybody? That's good. Good to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's going awesome. We've had a good day of interviews. Um, let me let me kind of start at the beginning. Uh, so, what what brought you to DJing originally? I know you're from the West Coast, and what brought you here, and what brought you to DJing? Uh, what brought me from the West Coast to Georgia is uh, safety, or at least the illusion of it. Uh, my dad was tricked in believing that it was safer here than, than it is in Oakland. Um, <clears throat> then we, but we moved from Oakland to Decatur. So that's neither here nor there. Um, what brought me to DJing? I've always had like a thing for flow, you know, like uh, I remember watching the matrix and like the music went with like what was going on and, uh, I got really heavy in, into AMVs uh, throughout all of high school and I was making my own AMVs and I was really into like music matching physical life, you know? Um, and I heard, uh, what was it? Uh, first dubstep track I heard was Relaxation Dub by Borgor and it blew my mind because I had never heard anything like it. I grew up listening to hip hop uh, mostly uh, like on the radio and everything. And I was like, wow, this, this, no way this is like a whole genre. No way th this is not the only song like this that exists. And then Skrillex dropped a whole bunch of music that year and I was destroyed. And uh, then I heard uh, f one of Flux Pavilion's mixes uh, for his, um, for his uh, circus records. I forgot which one, but it started out with, a uh, Cookie Monster track, not Cookie Monster. Uh, I forgot which one, but I know there's a lot of Cookie Monster in there. A lot of really, really heavy. It was really heavy. I think it was like number ten or something like that. And I was like, "That's what I want to do. That's that's I want to do that. What this person did with all these tracks, put them together. That's what I want to do." Okay, awesome. And so, did 
so production came first where you started making your own edits and remixes or did you start DJing first or how'd that kind of flow? So, uh, so it kind of happened at the same time. It kind of happened at the same time. Um, I got into DJing because I just wanted, you know, I, I felt the DJing, but in high school, uh, I never thought I could be a producer. I, I was like, that's that's way too hard and way too complicated. It's like making a symphony, you know, all the time, every day. And uh, I just fell into it around the same time because I was part of a um, art uh, a art coalition group called Dandy Works. Defunct now. Don't look it up. You you won't find what you're looking for. Um, but a friend of mine wanted to make video games, and I was like maybe I'll make the music for the video games. You know, or I, you know, I listened to this one track called dubstep tutorial and it kind of gives you the, the steps <laughs> kind of the way uh, from beginning to end. And I was like, well, that's all it takes. You know, I kind of do the same thing with Vegas. So, you know, whatever, back then uh, acquiring, uh, acquiring software was not easy if you weren't paying for it. They really made you work for you. At least you worked those hours in when it came to that eventually amounted to the same amount of money that you would have spent on it. But. uh, But, yeah, sorry, I'm looking back and my hookah's ready. So I need to. No, it's all good. (laughs) Got to get the vibe going, right? Yeah, just, uh, you know, we all have our vices. I chose hookah. I'm going to actually unplug my Scarlet Solo because it is not sounding right. Oh, you Say sound okay on this end. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, I got me a, a Deep Blue Snowball. Oh, okay. Blue Yeti? Yep. Uh, All right. Nice. Yeah. Um, so what... When when you started producing, what are what are you using for your doll, and and how did you learn? Was it a lot of YouTube tutorials initially? Um, it was FL Studio. Yeah, this guy named. Okay, so when I was when I came when I was coming up with my DJ name, I wanted my DJ name to be seamless because I mixed so seamlessly, right? But there was, but you know, I was doing my you know due diligence and looking up seamless, and there's already a producer named Seamless. Except it does amazing name. tutorials. Amazing tutorials. It was the first ones I found. And like, you know, all, all of those. So he's still making videos too. But yeah, all very helpful because this is a guy who knows FL Studio like the back of his hand. He he knows how to do everything before the developers know how to do it. So um, it, was, it was I was very lucky to have picked FL and, um, you know, when it, in the FL workspace, is I talk a lot with my hands. I need. <laughs> uh, um, what was I saying? The 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 workflow in FL is it, it works well with how I work. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. And then was were you just learning through YouTube videos, or did you have a mentor? Yeah, or I, I started with YouTube videos. Uh, you know, was seamless, and I uh, never had a mentor. Never had any type of like support from the community, so to speak. I had no friends in in the nightlife scene at the time. Like the first five years of DJing, 
um, never like never collab, never, you know, I talked with people, but you know, this was quiet days. So it was kind of like, it's kind of ratchet. So it was like kind of, you know, and I didn't go to Iris much. Uh, it was, I really just went to quad all the time. And, um, I know like every third person at quad was a DJ. So, and, but no, nobody knew what they were, nobody was getting the, the gig except for like this, the few people that were, you know, booked for those shows. But, um, yeah, I got a mentor later on around 2017 ish. This really old British dude, uh, he still makes music, but he worked, he, he worked in like in music, uh, when he, uh, when he lived in New York in the eighties, he was in, I believe he worked in the same, um, label that, I, I want to say ACDC, so, uh, something classic rock like that. One of one of the either ACDC or, or somebody like them. And he was he was telling me these wild stories that like he was like, yeah, the, all the all the labels were they were run by the mafia and they were throwing them off. Of, they were selling them out back of trucks. And I was like, so that's real. That's for real. Like the mafia is just like running all the money in town. Uh and that that went okay for a while. There were creative differences because he wanted to release my music on his his personal label, and um, you know I did a few releases. You'll you'll find them on Spotify. But eventually, it got to the point where it's it like where our minds are way too different to be working together. And now I'm on my own. All right, very nice. Um, so, and you, you've got a wide variety of tracks on there, and and I imagine this kind of plays into the type of set that you're going to do at Bass Battleground. Uh, but I mean, you've got everything from drum and bass to dubstep. Um, you've got a wide repertoire of songs. Um, is there something you find yourself gravitating most towards? Is it D and B or is is drum and bass? The I feel like uh, I feel like maybe I understand productively or, or mechanically how drum and bass works more than the other genres that I, that I listen to. Trap, not at all. I tried to make trap, not not at all. Um, I, I, I can make like a trap breakdown, but that's about it. Um, but drum and bass and then uh, dubstep and then house after that. And it kind of just like... It kind of is, is, I don't choose what I make. I, I let what I make come to me, you know? So it just kind of just been the, the better I've gotten at production, just the more it's just become those three genres. Yeah. Yeah. I find myself when I'm making music that frequently happens, I'll start off a track one way and I'll be like, all right, this is what I want to happen. And then it kind of takes a left turn and winds up as something cool, but not quite what yeah. I originally intended in the first place. Right. And you're like, uh, well, you know, it's not kind of, it's not sounding, maybe sound a little slow. Maybe if I turn up the, the tempo, you know, or maybe a, a side chain will sound good, you know, and you just, you just, uh, I just let, just let it happen. You know, just let the, you know, whatever, you know, when you get in the flow state, you know, you know all about flow state. Well, you can flow state, you just, you just ride the wave. You just ride the current, you know, I'm a Dallas. So that's, that's oh, all awesome. I'm Okay. Um, now you and I kind of talking about flow. That reminds me, you and I kind of almost crossed paths that uh, yeah. Momocon this past yeah. year. Tell me about Momocon and how you got that gig and how the cosplay dance battle went. So cosplay dance battle is uh, something me and my friends did 
uh, a few years ago, just just to see if we could do it. And uh, the, there's a, that video of, the, I believe, the second year is up. But uh, we is, you know, just a standard, you know, uh, tournament style battle. We have, uh, you know, you got to be in cosplay uh, and you come to the con and you sign up and you just show us your best moves. And, you know, is everybody there is in the same situation you are. You know, you're not going against nonstop. You know, you're, you're going against other people who are also con goers and who are passionate about whatever. And it's just like there aren't there. The, we're the only cosplay dance battle in the country. Like we're the only ones doing this. Um, um, this year was great. We had a great turnout. Um, we had some hiccups. There were, you know, the our our third day was canceled due to uh, the stage being broken by a previous panel. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, we're hoping to expand to AWA or even Dragon Con just so that we can find uh, or even Kamikon because Kamikon for their physical arts uh, panels, they have they have, they have an actual gym. So we're, you know, oh, wow. we're hoping to. Uh, yeah, it's a huge gym. I don't know how they fit one in there, but it's it's like a it's just like a basketball court in there. Um, we did like one year they had dodgeball, you know, it was great. Um, but yeah, we're hoping to get like a bigger space so that we can fit everyone in and even maybe more time so that we can have uh, more cypher time and um, and maybe a little bit longer of a tournament. Um, and yeah, maybe I'll throw in sometimes, you know. Okay, nice, nice. Um, tell me about what your plans are without letting too many secrets out of the bag. You know, tell me about your plans for the bass battle this weekend. What sorts of music are you going to play and uh, what have you got? Uh, what are you thinking about for Kid Kong? Well, Kid Kong is, Kid Kong is a great DJ and uh, a great DJ. And but um, I was in a DJ contest some time ago and I wasn't at my best. I didn't I didn't play to my best. So that and that's always been at the back of my mind. Like I should have I I didn't give it 100 percent. So this time, just to make sure I'm going to give it 200 percent. All right. All right. So you're, you're, you're bringing you're it all up. and then some. Have you got uh, have you got your streaming set up ready? Are you, you what are your plans there? Like um, visually and. Yeah, uh, I I wasn't too. Uh, I I never got to ask what were the rules on what I can have in my background. I'm pretty sure it's nothing like nothing too crazy. But I like to if you if anyone has seen my streams, you know I like to like put something fun up. Like one night I played. Uh, I was just you know one night I just ran and was like I'm going to play all. Uh, heavy neurofunk and have had a basic playing in the background, you know? Uh, so, you know, um, definitely I'm going to have my favorite cartoon movie ever playing in the background. Um, and that should, that should suffice. Uh, it's, it's normally like I've, I've done it multiple times. Um, it's normally what gets, what matches my vibe at the time. So, 
I'm not going to say what it is. If you don't already know what it is, uh, you'll you'll find it. <laughs> okay. How did how did you come up with the Skeletrek brand? You talked about um, wanting to originally be seamless. What where did Skeletrek come from? So Skeletrek, uh, the last two letters of Skeletrek is EK, which is my friend. What, what my friends call me. It's my first and middle initial. Uh, the skeleton part of it uh, was I. I think I have, I have a mask somewhere. I used to wear a mask. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you know, um, what's his name? Uh, Wesley, uh, Phaser. Phaser wears a mask. He's a, he's a tear out DJ, uh, that's here in Atlanta, but, uh, Phaser wears like a skull mask. And I have, I, I used to wear a skull mask just like it. Um, back, back when I started out, when I was finding myself, but before then I was, um, in high school, I, I had a group that I called the Skull Face Bandits, where we would just wear silver masks and we would get into shenanigans. And I just I won't incriminate myself by going deeper into that. OK, so carry over from high school and your groups in high school and also play on your your uh, first and last name. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what are you doing to get ready for the event? Uh, what I always do, just listen to music, uh, you know, put put everything together, uh, come up with my story, come up with my, you know, the vibe I want to give. Uh, I always like to uh, try to find as much new music as possible because, uh, you know, the old music kind of gets stale, but I also want to play the classics. So I'm definitely going to uh, try to uh, appeal to the fans of every genre that I'll be playing house fans, dubstep fans, drum, uh, drum and bass fans, uh, weird bass fans too, you know, um, probably not going to play house. I'm going to, I have this thing where I play as, you know, I tend to play a lot of tracks. I can play like 90 tracks in an hour. So, and yeah, and, and it doesn't feel rushed either. Like I don't, it just happens that way. You know, I just it ends up with because uh, there's this old school DJ saying just only play the good part of the track, you know, and normally the good part is just like the drop, second drop or even like, you know, that part after the drop where everything like chills out. Uh, just knowing where the good part of the track is and when to when to play it. OK, how much of your own music and edits and mashups are you going to play, you think? Um well, when we get to the drum and bass part of my mix, it'll you'll hear you'll hear uh, you know Scarecrow's remix will be in there. Uh, uh, maybe the new track that I just dropped, if I can find a place to put that. Um, and uh, I have another track that I haven't released, but I may play it if it's ready to be played. Uh, so, but. Well, three or four of my own tracks kind of bunched up near the end. Okay. That sounds awesome. And um, have you got any messages for Kid Kong? Kid Kong, bring it. Don't, don't hold back on me. I want to hear, I want, I want to get excited to, to play my set. You know, I want to know that we are, uh, you know, where we truly are. Uh, I know, again, you're a great, you're a great DJ. I've told you this in person. Um, so I'm super excited that I'll be, uh, that you and I will be standing, uh, 
opposite each other. Um, and I know it'll be great for the listeners. Okay, terrific. It's going to be a great matchup, and I can't wait to see it on Sunday. Uh, where can people find you online, Skeletrek? I just look up Skeletrek on Google. You'll find me on everywhere. Uh, that I heard MySpace shut down. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it shut down, but I, I think except for a handful of musicians, um, I think everybody's migrated to TikTok these days. That's a shame because they had a nice little layout or whatever, but... Uh, you can uh, mostly find me. I'm most active on my Skeletrek the Entertainer Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook page as well. Uh, just but everything cycles through my, you know, Skeletrek profile that I made. You'll find me, you know, if you want to hit me up, message me, tell me good luck, tell me bad luck, whatever you need to do. You know, you can look up Skeletrek the Entertainer. All right. Awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for your time, Skeletrek the Entertainer, and uh, can't wait to see the show this Sunday. Yeah, can't wait for it, too. Good seeing you. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to tune in for Base Battleground tomorrow, June 12th at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Emerald Summers Presents Twitch channel. I'll have a link in the show notes page. Additionally, I'll have lots of other links, including a link to the video of this interview. So if you want to see what the contestants look like, want to see me in my ninja lair, uh, again, head over to ProducerLifePodcast.com. Look for episode 101. Until next time, this is the House Ninja reminding you to be somebody's hero today. Hey.